Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena. I'm bringing you today's word for November 9th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. Right now, I'm teaching on the parable of the Good Samaritan. I've been teaching on this for the last few days. If you haven't caught the messages from the last few days, this is part 96 today. If you didn't watch part 94, part 95, you should probably go back and watch those later. Those will be a blessing to you. So I'm dealing with this. Obviously, this is part 96 of Pearls from the Parables. And the title of today's message is The Proof of Love. Put in the chat, my love will be proven. My relationship with God is proven in the way that I love God and I love others. I'm going to talk about the proof of godly love, divine love, real love, true love. We're going to talk about how we exhibit the love of God in this world. Get ready to receive. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Let me just say something because I was looking in the chat, all of these people saying, amen, amen. Lafay is already done. Lafay, we're praying for you. Lafay, receive it. We're here one for another and all of that. That's beautiful, right? This is a grace life family. We're here one for another. We're building each other up and not tearing each other down. And it's especially good that my uh, uh, Matt, one of my friends, Matt, is watching because I've been on, my, on the Patreon on my coaching platform. I've been posting a lot of videos about prayer. And when you're new to God and you don't really know how to pray or, or, or what to say or, or really like, you know, how prayer works, that kind of thing. And you're learning and Matt is, is new and he's learning and he has all these questions. It's good for somebody, especially that's new in Christ, to see believers coming together uh, as a family, setting their faith in agreement one with another, praying for one another. That's how we're supposed to live. All right. So let's get into the word before we get into the actual parable for this morning. Um, there's a scripture we've been looking at. Oh yeah, I want to read it for you again, because I believe that at our church, we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So the Bible says in Psalms 126 verse four from the Passion Translation, it says, now Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. If there's any area of your life that did dry up in this past season, guess what's going to happen? This season, we believe that the Lord is going to refresh you and restore you again. Say amen to that. All right, so this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. A a lawyer came up to Jesus and wanted to test Jesus and said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, Jesus said, well, you know the law, right? He said, yeah. He said, well, what do you get out of it? He said, well, I get out of it that I'm supposed to love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, all my strength, and I'm supposed to love my neighbor as I love myself. And Jesus said, okay, cool. Do that and you'll be fine. You'll have eternal life. But then the man wanted to make sure he was like, when he thought about it, he was like, well, I'm a Jew and, you know, I'm only really living this way with Jews. Just to be clear, Jesus, who's my neighbor? <laughs> like, he's like, I, I, you know, please don't tell me I have to do this with everybody. And Jesus was like, yeah, you got to do it with everybody. He said, let, let me let me explain. Let me tell you a story. There was a man that was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And on that road, that's kind of dangerous. Uh, he got beat up. He got jumped. So they jumped him. They beat him up. They tore off all his clothes. They took all his money and they left him there at the at the at the edge of death. He was almost dead. And while he was in that state, bleeding, almost dead. A priest came, a Jewish priest came, and this man was a Jew. 
So the priest comes and sees him. And when he saw him, surely the priest can help, right? No. The priest saw him, didn't even stop, kept going. Then came a Levite. A Levite is one step below the priest. He saw the hurt man, and the Bible says that the Levite actually walked around him. And so he didn't help either. Then a Samaritan came. Now, a Samaritan has no dealings with the Jews. Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So this man was supposed to be a stated enemy. But the Samaritan, going back to what is the question, who is my neighbor? The Samaritan was like, this is my neighbor. My neighbor is not just another Samaritan. My neighbor is everybody. So he saw him there lying, and the Samaritan went. He started tending to his wounds. He covered it, covered up his, his wounds with cloth. He, he put him on, on a donkey because he had a donkey with him. He took him over to a hotel. He booked a room, and in the room, he started to minister to the man. The next morning, the guy goes to the front desk and says, hey, man, this is Rick Pena version. He says, there's a guy in room 12. I got to go. I can't stay, but I was with him all night long. Here's some money. I want you to take care of that man. Tend to his wounds. Make sure he has everything he needs. Make sure he has something to eat. And if you spend more money on the man than what I have right now, then when I come back, I got you. Just give me the bill. Put it on my tab. I just want to take care of this man. Whatever he needs, let's take care of him. So then he goes back to the lawyer and he says, well, that's the story. Who do you think was the neighbor? Who do you think did the right thing? He said, well, obviously the guy that helped him. He said, well, then you go out there and you do the same. He was like, stop acting like you're supposed to only help people that, that look like you. No, go out there and you go, go do the same. So what does this mean for you today? I have three things to share with you in this morning, three. And as I get into these three things, I want you to open up your heart to receive. But I'm going to do something a little bit different. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to add to what we just read. Uh, I'm going to add in my three points, I'm going to have three passages. So for each of the points, we're going to look at another passage of scripture that, that line up with the Good Samaritan, and then we're going to talk about those in today's message. You got it? All right. Number one. So what we do for the least of these, we do for God. I actually read this passage to you yesterday. I'm going to read it to you again today because it's important. Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 through 46 from the Passion Translation. This is what the Bible says. Then Jesus is speaking, actually. He says, then the king will return. And turn to those on his right and says, you have a special place in the father's heart. Come and experience the full inheritance of the kingdom realm that has been destined for you from before the foundation of the world. For when you saw me hungry, you fed me. And when you found me thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And when I had no place to stay, you invited me in. And when I was poor, you clothed me and covered me. And when I was sick, you tenderly cared for me. And when I was in prison, you visited me. Then the godly will say to him, well, Lord, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, when did we ever, you're God. When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or give you food or give you something to drink? Where, when did we ever see you with no place to stay or invite you in? When did we ever see you poorly clothed and covered you? What are you talking about? When did we ever see you sick and ten, what, what? When did we ever visit you in prison? And the Lord will say to them, don't you know? Don't you know? When you cared for the least of these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you demonstrated the love for me. What you did for them, you actually did for me. Then those on the left will say, then the king will turn to those on the left and say, hey, listen, depart from me. You know, you workers of iniquity, I never even knew you. You're going to go into the eternal lake of fire that's been destined for the devil and his demons. For when you saw me hungry, you gave me no food. And when you saw me thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. When I had no place to stay, 
you refused to take me in as your guest. And when you saw me poorly clothed, you closed your hearts to me. You didn't clothe me. When you saw that I was sick, you didn't even lift a finger to help me. And when I was in prison, you never came to visit me. And then those people are going to say, God, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or didn't give you food? What are you talking about? When did we ever see you homeless or poorly clothed? When did we ever see you sick? When, did we, when were you ever in prison? And then he will say to them, don't you know? When you refuse to help the least of these, the, the least important, these little ones, my true brothers and sisters, when you refuse to help them, you refuse to help me. And they will depart from his presence into eternal punishment. But the godly and the beloved sheep will enter into eternal bliss. Okay, I know people don't like passages like that, but I mean, this is, this is, this is going to provoke us to righteousness. This is going to provoke us to stop driving by these people and not give them nothing or help somebody when you're in a position to help, not, you know, and the Holy Spirit is saying, do something, you know, and, and you know, it's going to prompt you to do something. When, when we extend our hands to meet the needs of those who are overlooked and undervalued, we're actually extending the heart of God on this planet. We, we ought to be in a position where we're always seeking to be a blessing. Not, uh, last week, I think, we were in the Dominican Republic, and um, I was, uh, we were in the grocery store. And uh, we were you know, about to pay for something. And the lady in front of me, um, it looked like she was debating like on uh, you know, some of the, the items that she had. Uh, it looked like she was debating whether or not she had to put some stuff back because maybe she didn't have enough money. And so I was like, oh, okay, man. And I was like, I was ready. You know, I was ready. And, uh, but then she had enough money she paid for it and all that. And I was like, oh man. Uh, but I was ready though. If she, if she would have been like, oh, I can't pay for this. I was, I was ready to pay for all her stuff. Right. Uh, but I just wasn't led to, once she had the money, I wasn't led to interrupt her or whatever. But my point is I was out, I was on the lookout. Like we should be on the lookout for ways to be a blessing. We should be on the lookout. We want to extend in heaven, there's going to be no self-centeredness. In heaven, there's going to be no sickness, no disease. So what we want to do is extend heaven to this planet. So we're supposed to be God's hands and feet in this world. So whatever's in heaven is what we're supposed to be expecting and living out down here in this world. Our service to others is not just a good deed. It's a holy encounter. It's a representation of, 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 of heaven on, the, on this planet, in this world. It's an act of worship. It, it, when we honor other people, we are honoring the God who made us all in the face of hunger and thirst and need. Our response, watch this, should not be a response of judgment. You got to be careful. This is what the devil will do. See somebody, well, why are they on the corner? Why, why are they in that situation? Remember the parable of the prodigal son? We just dealt with him like last week. In the par parable of the prodigal son, I made the point that when the boy came home, the father didn't stop and say, hold on, before you get in this house, let's talk. Let me make sure I address a few things. First of all, you filthy and nasty. What you ain't going to do is go up in this house looking like that. You're going you're gonna to take a shower. You're going to wash your dirty self. And then, first, and then second of all, what were you doing out there? Let me, let me find out about your sin. Then third of all, how much money you got left? He didn't, he didn't question him about the money. He didn't question him about the sin. His soul was more important than the sin. He threw his arms around him, even though he was smelling like pigs. He kissed him on the neck. He said, this is my son. Oh, my God, my son is home. Get the, 
kill the fatted calf, get the robe, get the ring, get the sandals. You see what I'm saying? You got to be careful that when, when you see somebody in need and the Holy Spirit is prompting, prompting you to be a blessing, you got to be careful that the devil, because the devil, what he'll do is come in with this critical spirit and the devil will say, well, why, why are they on that corner? Why, you know, he looked like he could work. She looked like she could work. What are you doing? Don't give them nothing. You know, they're able-bodied or whatever. And so now the Holy Spirit is trying to get you to be a blessing and the devil is trying to get you to criticize them. And you got to be careful not like, like, okay, if the Holy, now I'm not going to say the Holy Spirit is going to prompt you every time, but if you're sensitive to the divine promptings of the Holy Spirit and God wants you to be a blessing, then God wants you to be a blessing. Don't allow a critical spirit to keep you from being a blessing. And the kingdom of God is revealed in simple acts of kindness that show the, the grace and the generosity of our Father who is in heaven in this world. That's how we manifest the love of God in this world, through simple acts of kindness. It's through these simple acts of extending grace and love towards other people. Say amen to that. Put in the chat, I will not allow a critical spirit to keep me from being a blessing. I will not allow me just being overly critical to keep me from doing what the Holy Spirit is telling me to do. The measure of our love for God is directly reflected in what we do for the least of these. For in serving them, we are serving God. Now, are there people that are out there trying to take advantage of people? Yes. Are there people that are out there with scams? Yeah, we see it on the news and or whatever. The people out there at the light asking for money and then they get in a Mercedes and drive away. Okay, fine. There's people that are scamming. But if you got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit tells you to give, then give. Don't worry about it. If it just be, just listen, at the end of the day, you, your relationship with God is going to be authenticated through your obedience to the Holy Spirit. When you express the love and the grace and the mercy of God in this world, the truest expressions of God's love is when we love without discrimination. When we see everybody as a brother and sister in Christ and we're just here to be a blessing. And will some people reject you? Yes. Are some people out there doing some unscrupulous things? Yes. But if you're led to do something, just do it. And if you're not, then fine, then don't. But if you're led to do it, don't allow a critical spirit to keep you from being the, the light and salt that God has called us to be in this world. Say amen to that. What you do for the least of these, you're doing it for God. Number two, Jesus said that our love for others will be our identifying characteristic as his disciples. How do, how do people know that you're a Christian? Is it because you got a, a, a fish on the back of your car? Is it because you have a, a, a scripture on the bottom of your email signature block? Or is it because you walk in love? Jesus said this in John 14, 34 uh, and 35 from the Passion Translation. Jesus said, hey, guys, I'm going to give you a new commandment. A new commandment, Jesus? Yes, I'm going to give you a new commandment. Well, this, there was a 10 commandments. There's another 600 commandments. Yeah, I'm going to give you a new commandment. What is the new commandment? Love each other as much as I have loved you. The way that I love you, I want you to love one another. Verse 35, for when you demonstrate the, the same love that I'm extending to you by loving one another, everyone is going to know that you're my disciple. People are going to know that you are a disciple of, of Christ Jesus when you walk in love. As disciples of Christ Jesus, our identifying characteristic 
is supposed to be a love that is not self-seeking, but self-giving. Put in the chat, I have a love that is not self-seeking, but self-giving. You are giving yourself away. You, You are giving to others. You are pouring out to others. When I get up every morning to do today's word, while I'm still in the bed, as soon as my eyes open, okay, Lord, what do we want to talk about today? What, what do you want to share with your people today? Why? Because I'm giving myself to you. I have to spend a lot of time before I get in front of this camera every morning, type, you know, meditating, getting the word together, going through all these scriptures like this morning, three different passages. Lord, what do you want me to say? And the God takes me here. God takes me here. God takes take this thing from yesterday. Go over here to John 13. Go over here. Boom, boom. Put the go over here. Matthew 10. Put this all together. Write this out. Boom, boom. And then why? Because I'm giving myself away. You are demonstrating the love of God when you're not self-seeking, when you are self-giving. The love we extend towards others is the most powerful testimony of our true discipleship. It's not in the clothes you put on Sunday morning. They come out of church. Oh, surely they go to church. They must be Christians. No, it's not about your clothes. It's not about what you drive. It's not about where you live. It's how you express the love of God. That's the testimony of your discipleship. Our love must be a mirror of Jesus's love. The way that Jesus loved, that's the way we're supposed to love. A love that is unconditional, sacrificial and all-encompassing. I, I, I'm extending the love of Jesus to the people in this world. That's how people are going to know that I'm a disciple of Jesus. The world will recognize you and I as followers of Jesus, not by a title, not by a clergy collar, but by the tangible love that we have one for another. That's why uh, the other day somebody stopped me in church and said, what do I call, call you? Do I call you uh, uh, Elder Pena, Pastor Pena. What, what do I, I said, my name is Rick. You can call me Rick or you can call me Brother Pena. I'm not caught up in title. Don't get caught up in a title. Don't get caught up in a position. Don't listen. At the end of the day, your love, I'm a, I'm a child of God. That's the number one time. I'm a, I'm a son of the most high God. Your love one for another should be your identifying characteristic, not your title. Love is the new commandment. Jesus said It's like, The way that I love others, I want you to love people that way. This is the truest form of proving that we have a relationship with God when we love one another. In a world that is full of of division and and strife and all of these shows, oh my God. I get on Isabella sometimes about watching some of these reality TV shows. And she and I, we call it uh, a junk TV or something. Like people love to watch this stuff. And there's all this stuff on TV, nasty, people being nasty backbiting, talking about one another, like all of this stuff, I guess that sells. I guess people love to tune in to watch that stuff. But in a world full of junk TV, in a world full of all of that mess, people want to see the genuine love of God, where somebody can love somebody out of just genuine, pure, undefiled, unconditional love. Let us strive not to be known for a title, not to be known for our knowledge, but to be known for the love that we display as disciples of Jesus. Say amen to that. Put in the chat, I am a disciple of Jesus, so I love the way that Jesus loved. I love the way that Jesus loved. Say amen to that. Number three, our love, last point, our love for God, a God we cannot see, is proven in the way that we love people that we see every day. So 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 through 21 says this in the Passion Translation. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated towards us. So put in the chat, my love for others is my grateful response. When I, when I love others, this is my, I am so grateful for the love that God showed me that I have to love other people. And, and then John said this, anyone can say, I love God, yet have hatred 
towards his brothers and sisters. This makes him a phony. Because if you don't love your brother and sister, whom you can see, how can you tell me that you love a God you cannot see? Verse 21, for he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also demonstrate love to other people. Whoever loves God must also demonstrate love to others. Put in the chat, I demonstrate my love to others. You demonstrate your love for God that you cannot see by loving people that you see every day. Our proclamation for love is empty. If it is, uh, our, our proclamation for the love of God is empty if it is not accompanied by love for other people. So we got to love the people that God has placed in our lives. The authenticity of our relationship is demonstrated by the way we treat other people, especially those, watch this, that are hardest to love. Because remember, people are messy. Now, I'm going to, at the end, I'm going to give you a little thing about, about relationships, and, and I'm going to help some people out here in a minute. But let me just finish this point on love. Love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. Love is a person. Love is Jesus. But love is a, is a decision to act and reflect the love of God towards other people. Love is how we show other people that we are grateful towards the, the, the love that God extended to us. So God wants us to treat people the way that he treats us. It's easy to claim that we love a God that we cannot see. But proof, our proof of love is shown in the way that we love others on a daily basis. True love. I'm talking about sacrificial love. Our love for God, is, it grows as we love others. The more we love others and we extend love towards other people, we're actually developing in the love of God. The more you express love towards other people, especially people that maybe even are not treating you the best, but as you're expressing love towards them, you're actually growing in the love of God. You're actually getting closer to God. Let us not be hypocrites professing love for God while harboring hatred for people down here in this world, walking around with a, a root of bitterness. Paul said, if it is possible, this is Romans 12 and 18. Listen to this as I'm getting ready to close. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. The key is as far as it depends on you. So let me, let me explain this, this last point. I'm about to help a lot of people and then I'll let you go. The key here is as far as it depends on you. So there will be people, let me be clear about something. There will be people who don't want to have a relationship with you. There will be people who don't like you. You can love God and there will be people who, who won't stand you, right? That doesn't mean that you're harboring bitterness towards them. Just as long as you know, as long as it depends on you. So just as long as you're not harboring bitter, bitterness or malice or unforgiveness or anything towards them. If, you're, if your heart is pure and your hands are clean and still they don't want to have a relationship with you, fine, <laughs> let them go. Like what you don't want to do is allow the devil to, to then cause you to live in guilt and shame and condemnation because somebody doesn't like you. Don't allow, the devil is a master of twisting scriptures. So don't allow, oh, you know what Rick said? You got to love everybody. No, 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 no. You love everybody. That doesn't mean that they're going to love you back. And so the devil loves to twist scripture. So I need to provide this clarification. You love everybody, but do not put this in the chat. I will not allow anyone to hold my peace hostage. What you don't want to do is let your peace be held hostage by anybody else. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 12 through 15, when Jesus sent the disciples out, look at, look at what, what he told them. This was the instructions he gave them. I know I'm going a little bit over on time, but do not, do not leave. This is very important. 
When you go into a household, Jesus said, greet the household. If the household is worthy, let your peace rest upon it. But if it is not worthy, take your peace back. Oh, he said, let your peace return back unto you. For who, whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, take your peace back, shake the dust off, and keep stepping. He says, listen, did you catch that? There are going to be people where you go and you pronounce peace over them. Sometimes they don't like you. They don't want to accept you. They, they, don't, they can't stand you. Okay, fine. As long as you, as long as it depends on you, you don't have no no issues with them. No, you're not harboring a root of bitterness in your heart towards them. Fine, shake the dust off and keep stepping. Uh, what you don't want to do is leave your peace there. What you no no, make sure you take your peace back. Let me talk to somebody this morning. Where have you left your peace? Wherever you left your peace, go back and get it. Like if that person doesn't like you, that person doesn't want to talk to you. You as long as you, it depends on you, you don't have no issues with them. Go back, pick up your peace, and keep going. Like, pray for them, bless them, but do not allow the devil to hold your peace hostage just because somebody doesn't like you. Do not, you, what you need to do is go pick up your peace and go out there and be a blessing to everybody you can be, and you do so with your peace intact. Say amen to that. Put in the chat, my, I, will not, I will not allow anybody to hold my peace hostage. Go back and pick up your peace and keep stepping. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I'm teaching better than you saying amen. Let's close it out. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. My life is a reflection of your love and your compassion. I understand that what I do for the least of these, I'm doing it for you. So I will not just talk about love. I will demonstrate your love in my words and my deeds. I am a disciple of Jesus, and I am known by love. I love others as a grateful response to your love for me. I will not allow a root of bitterness or malice to grow in my heart. I, leave, I live at peace with everybody as far as it depends on me. <laughs> my love for you will be proven in the way that I love everybody else, and I'm going to pick up my peace if people don't accept, accept me. So living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. This was good, y'all. Apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. As long as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. If they don't accept you, pick up your peace and you keep going. Pronounce blessings over them. I love you, but I'm going to keep stepping. What I'm not going to do, this is what I ain't going to do. I'm not going to let anybody hold my peace hostage. Uh, do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the, this was good, y'all. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible. 
in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.